Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. It is my mate bought a toaster. Welcome along. Here we go again. Uh, now this week, I'm very excited because for the first time, I have I've spread my wings away from stand-ups and actors and basically all the people I know in my um, comedy world. And I thought it was about time we started to get some people on from other walks of life. And I'm very, very pleased to welcome a fabulous author and also uh, a former. Uh, dating columnist, we'll get on to that, uh, the very wonderful Laura Jane Williams. Hello, Laura Jane Williams. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you very much for having me. And also thank you for putting the fear mm, of God in me yes. that everybody before <laughs> me has been a comedian and then here I am. But have I got to be funny? No. Have I got to, you know... Absolutely no pressure there. To be honest, most comedians, as regular listeners to this show will know, uh, it usually involves going into a lot of self-help books for the comedians. Um, <laughs> so... We're probably going to find someone who's really well balanced and happy in you, which will be very inspiring. I mean, fingers crossed. Right, now what we're going to do, we're going to dive into your past, okay? Here we go. So, going... We've never done that before. Why don't we do a rewind sound effect here? You need a soundboard. You need a soundboard. Um, 2010, you were on Amazon, right? Ten years Mm. ago, but nothing. You didn't place any orders. So you obviously joined Amazon in the sort of browsy, rubbernecky kind of way. Mm. Um, again, 2011, nothing bought. Okay. Not, mm. yeah. Don't know what's going on here. Where are you at this point, by the way? 2010, please. Uh, 2010. Do you know what? I went to university late. Okay. So I, um, uh, September through June, I would be in Derby. Hmm. And then I would spend all summers on the Riviera in Italy teaching English. Oh, that's dreamy. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't bad. Dreamy. So hang on. So you were in Derby because you hadn't been to uni yet. Or that's where you're from. Um, I'm f- Well, we moved all over. My parents mm-hmm. relocated to Derbyshire. And then I decided that's where I was going to go to university because I wanted to right. be near them. No. Oh, my God. You like your parents. See, straight away, you're definitely not a stand-up comic. <laughs> Straight off the bat. Um, so tell me about going to university late. Why did that happen? Well, do you know what? I just, I think the education system's flawed, Tom. I mm, think the education mm. system's flawed. I think it's ridiculous that you'd have a 14-year-old choose 10 subjects to study. And from those 10 subjects, when they're 16, they choose four subjects. And then mm. they drop one to, to take exams in three. And then we say, now pick a degree that may or may not determine the rest of your life. Yes, and, I see. And I am um, I'm my father's daughter, and I'm also my mother's daughter. My, my <laughs> father is anti-authority. My mother is a black sheep. And I just said, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And so everybody thought I was throwing my life away. I, I, I was, you know, I was a clever enough girl. And 
sort of saying, actually, everything everybody else stands for is ridiculous to me. I shall go and travel. So how long did you travel for? On and off for four years. Wow, that's full-on drop-outery, that is. <laughs> it's, it's proper... You know, neighbours putting their hands on my mother's shoulder <laughs> to say, I'm so sorry. Um, and oh, wow. But do you know what? Credit to my parents. My dad marched me down to um, H&M Samuel and got me a little... Um, he was the patron saint of travel, St. Christopher. Got me a little mm. pendant with a St. Christopher on and sort mm. of went, there you go, off you go. That and- is very nice, but I would have got you that and a knife. You know what I mean? Just to cover all the bases. Yes, yes. Yeah, I I understand. And, you know, I don't want to give a false impression. Yes, I went off, I travelled, I was very young. Um, But there's not a single place I went where I didn't have a week of homesickness before I could settle in. And um, I think it's actually that that taught me so much about resilience, about feeling the fear and doing it anyway, about sometimes stretching your comfort zone is not comfortable yeah. Um, so, what was your lowest point when you were traveling? Then, what was the bit when you were like, "Actually, I really need to get home now"? What was the? What was? Was there a dark moment when you were doing that? <laughs> I will Come say on. there was a moment in a Cambodian guest house um, <laughs> where I had eaten something, and just thank. All I will say is this: <laughs> thank goodness it was basically a tiled washroom oh, with the wow. squat and drop because oh, wow. there was lots happening in every direction. It's very hard to pebble dash a wipe clean situation. That is a challenge we can all take on. Oh, my goodness. As low points go, a Cambodian guest house has got to be right up there. So you, tra- you travel for four years before you went to uni. Now, have you got have you got siblings? Have you got brothers and sisters? Were you an only child? I've got uh, a brother who is younger in age and much older and wiser in temperament. I see, I see. So your parents were like, she can go travelling because we've got a spare one anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, I think that was it. I remember calling home. um, I I was calling home from Vietnam, and I remember my brother saying on the phone, so what, are you going to, like, come back and get rid of the TV and say just because you've been to Vietnam, you're happy, like, looking at the stars? And it was like, (laughs) ow, bang, bang. I mean, I was gonna, but... (laughs) Well, look, that chimes quite nicely with what we're looking at straight up here. Um, although actually this was bought for Jack Williams. So that's my brother. So here we go. Look, the 10th of July, 2012, where the heart beats John Cage, Zen Buddhism and the inner life of artists. This is you telling your brother to bin off the TV. I mean, I honestly, so I would have um, been in Italy that summer. So I wouldn't have been with him for his birthday. And the, that book is, is my brother to a T. That book is more. my brother to a T. He is just... Do you know what? I don't often talk about my brother. He's the most remarkable human. I've I've long said um, I'm a bit of a, you know, an all-singing, all-dancing older sister, and I think that must be quite difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's limelight, I want it all. Or historically did, you know, growing up. I yes. Thought, I thought to be seen was to be liked. I, I, I got a lot of things confused. Um, mm. I thought attention was validation and it's not. But I've only learned that in a the what? past 20 minutes. See, that's weird because normally it goes the other way. Normally, it's the younger sibling, mm. i.e. moi, who is the attention-seeking, irritating, wanting all the limelight. So that's that's what I'm saying to you is you're weird. Thank you. 
I received that. My uh, everything in my family is backwards. Um, so yeah, yeah, you are right. It is normally the younger one, isn't it? But so I would sort of da 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 jazz hands, mm-hmm. and um, Jack has just got this incredibly self assured. Um, I, I'm a fan of people that have done the work, that have done the deep digging, and he's just got this this self assured. You know, I go to take a breath, and that's when he says something that just shatters everything you knew about the world and 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 life, and everybody turns to look at him and says, Sounds "Like a guru." Ah, he is a bit of a guru. He is a bit of a guru. So, what does he do that with his life? Then, what's he end up? He's got he's got a novelist for a sister. He does. Do you know what? He works in post production for advertising out in Chicago. Oh, lovely! Yes. Um, Very nice. Where he lives with his husband. And, okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, there'll be an advert for Google. There'll be an advert for Lynx. There'll be an advert for Samsung. And, mm. yeah, that's All Jack. those lovely companies. All, yeah. all the good guys. Jack, yeah, all the good guys. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Jack helps helped make them which nice nice from yeah. from derby to chicago to be honest i think he might be a better interview really laura because i mean yeah. he's in <laughs> chicago i mean listen thanks so much if you could give me his number no, um so this book right this book mm. where the heart beats john cage zen buddhism and the inner life of artists can you give us an up some of it in fact i can a heroic and fascinating biography of john cage showing how his work and that of countless american artists was transformed by zen buddhism so are you is this is this does this float your boat yeah, I mean, I, I fell asleep after you said John, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. To be honest with you. Not enough um, murders. Not enough murders. I need some yeah. suspense for this one. Yeah. Is John Cage is that is John Cage a um is he an artist, a performance artist, a musician? Um off the top of my head, and I'm definitely not Googling, hang on. <laughs> I think off the top of my head, he's an American composer who did Four Minutes Thirty Three, the famous uh, song that is complete silence. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think think at the time there might have been an exhibition at the Barbican and I think my brother had mentioned going or seeing it or wanting to see it so I locked into oh okay there's a thing he will like away we go but my brother I mean he's been on on 10 day silent retreats before now like that's how he spent his new year okay well he's not a good interview for the podcast then that would be very weird (laughs) yeah takes it beyond the four minutes 22 and yeah uh, yeah yeah. um oh wow okay and he's always been like this has it so do you think he's always been a silent one because you know you're you're like as you were saying sucking up all the attention yeah and definitely um i mean you do learn more by listening than by talking don't you and i think my brother is is absolute absolutely the um the the epitome of that he's the poster child for how you learn more by staying quiet this is great you've been so nice about your family so early on in this podcast this is absolutely brilliant Uh, what about this 19th of december this might be a christmas present as well the three marriages reimagining work self and relationship these are these are fascinating books you're buying here do you know what that was me right come on then is that david white yes please Excellent. Uh, yes, that was me. That was, was that at the end of 2012? Yes. So I had graduated university um, the year before. 
Mm-hmm. I uh, with a first class degree, thanking you. Ka-ching. Yeah, but from Derby, so. <laughs> I've got the biggest chip on my shoulder. Like one day I'm going to go and get a master's from from a red brick just so that I know I can. (laughs) Um, And actually I've currently got a career coach and what we talk about is how um, I've, I've got a little bit of a limiting belief that I'll only go for things that I know I could get. So actually really access something there that, yeah, I went to Derby because I knew they'd take me, but I was worried that like Warwick wouldn't. Oh my God, guess where um, I went? Did you go to Warwick? I absolutely went to Warwick. What did you study? <laughs> I uh, studied how to lose your mind and your soul over three years. That's mm-hmm. what I studied. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I studied uh, how to find the best car park near the theatre so I could spend my whole time doing drama when I was doing an English degree. Yeah, um, I studied how to hang around with lots of equally privileged white middle class children who mm. were... Um, you know, very much not stretching themselves, kind of like what you just said, maybe. And I, mm. I regret going there. I wish I'd gone, you know, but I was a small town boy, so I just went and did what I went even I went where my brother had gone. He went to um to Warwick. So I just sort of followed him. Isn't that pathetic. Interesting. Um, Interesting. But Derby is a great unit, actually. I know got a lot of mates who went to Derby and it is a good university. But the thing that's really uh, flagged for me there is that you've got a career coach. Mm. Come on, please, more. Um, do you know what? I call this conversation GPSing, where you can ask me something and I'll take you the scenic route. <laughs> so uh, okay. we, we could have spent 10 minutes speeding down the M1 to get to this answer. But actually, I'm just going to take you on the back roads via, you know, the, the, the beaches of uh, Bogner Regis. Um, and then we'll get to where we're going. Come on, let's go to East Anglia. Let's do it. <laughs> um... Yes, it's a recent a recent development actually. Um and 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 one it's interesting that I've just slipped that in there because I've actually not publicly talked about it because I don't know how to hmm. yet. But I think I had an awareness of um a lot of um reactive building in my career just saying you know I'm I'm very lucky to have been offered certain opportunities um and lucky in the sense that I worked very hard to be lucky yes um but a lot of reactive just saying yes to the next thing and I think I started to entertain the notion of gosh if this is what I can build by being reactive and just following the breadcrumbs and saying yes if I was deliberate about mm. my choices and maybe had a little bit more self-belief, so instead of going for the thing that I knew wouldn't turn me down, risked being turned down, how would that look? How would that feel? And it's just such a strange thing. Being an author, I have an incredible agent. Um, I have um, my publisher, are, are incredible as well. My editor um, is, you know, it's just remarkable. Yeah. Um, but obviously, everybody is is part of the the um, the team of cooks at the restaurant. Good. So Love needed, this analogy. Yes. I good. needed to go um, outside of my own restaurant to to um, just have somebody to sound out some stuff. With, so, is this really? you thinking of doing non-writing stuff or or writing in a different context? What do you mean? 
Well, do you know what? I, I, I'm only a month in to okay. a six-month contract with her, so I'll, I'll come back to you at Christmas and let you know. Wow. Okay, good. I'm interested in the whole idea of um, what happens if you plan and, and think outside the breadcrumbs, which is what mm. this uh, this episode should now be called. Think outside the breadcrumbs with Laura Jane Williams. <laughs> um, but it's true because as someone who... I've done that a lot in my career. I just take... I mean, let's be honest, often because of money. I just go, yeah, there's some money for me to go and do a thing. I'll go and do the thing. Mm. And there's a story about Jimmy Carr, apocryphal story about him telling up with his agent. He had a ring binder, a big thick ring binder, with a five-year plan on it. Here's the gigs I will do. Here's the TV shows I will develop. Here's how I will do this. And he and his agent stuck to that plan, said no to lots of things, and he's done okay. Hasn't um, he? And do you know what? There is such power. I actually have a tattoo um, from I did a semester abroad from Derby University. I, I went to the dizzying heights of Detroit for a semester excellent. abroad. How was that? And um, do you know what? It was it was brilliant, really. Yeah. Um, and I have a tattoo on myself um, that says C, which is Italian for yes, and. Um, reminding me to say yes to life and for a long time i believed in that say yes say yes to the trip say yes to the opportunity Mm. um and actually the older i get the more i recognize the power in saying no Mm. so that ultimately your yes means something and i was very afraid of that for a very long time so i think working with a career coach is just um helping me step into that next version interesting i love it i love it god we're becoming like a sort of self-help podcast today this is brilliant um so uh lauren j williams you bought the three marriages reimagining work self and relationship by david white um that was back in 2012 and then eventually in 2020 you got yourself a career coach so it took a while (laughs) it took a while but my my interest in all of those things i had bought that book because it was cited by danielle laporte i had been living in london for six months at that point um, and was trying to, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> London and New York, it's the same. Um, and so I got very into Danielle Laporte, who was all about like following your truth, following your core desired feelings. And she cited this David White book. And okay. so I bought it, uh, read a chapter, and then <laughs> I think no. passed it along. That's what we like to hear. That mm. is a really important thing to hear because mm. I think uh, listening to you talking about how much you you know you think carefully about your career and what's going on and you have success and people can hear that and think oh now she's bought this clever book about career she will have read the whole thing. It's it, very encouraging to know that everybody buys the book with the best intentions, reads a chapter, and then instantly gets distracted and moves on. That is encouraging. We like that. This is it. This is it. It's important to talk about that. Yes, I read the chapter. Yes, I read the conclusion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got about the measure of it. Exactly. Always do the York notes. Okay, let's move on then, shall we? 2013. Mm. Now, lots and lots of books, as you would imagine. Mm. Um, what have we got? Let's see. Oh, we've got Catelyn Moran, Tina Fey. These are all vital. Oh, yeah, you vital. can tell what phase I was going through. Yeah, The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, so this is all 2013. The Firestarter Sessions, which you bought as a gift, because you actually bought that in 2012. This I is did. by Danielle Laporte. Tell us about The Firestarter Sessions. So the Firestarter Sessions was the book that cited the um, the David White. And The Firestarter Sessions um, was the first thing that introduced me to this idea that 
chasing things is futile because chasing things, once you get them, you're ultimately not going to feel any different. The cleverest thing you can do is identify the feelings that bring you most joy and fill your daily life with the things that honour those feelings. So you could think that what you want is a promotion but actually what you want is to be able to go to your father to tell him that you're doing well at work so that he will validate you. So this book then says, um, so skip going for the promotion because that's futile. Um, How do you develop your relationship with your father? Or how do you get those feelings of validation from something other than work? And that was just so transformational for me. Um, I think that copy was a gift for my auntie. Maria Um, Perone. I've probably horribly mispronounced that. Perone. Oh, did I send it to Maria? Oh, so um, she was a friend out in Rome. So I will have sent it to Maria. Um, And at a later point, you'll probably see it appear again then for my auntie. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Anybody who I get a whiff might be interested, I think. (laughs) I've got the book Have a load of that. It's a great idea. That's what you've just said is really, really interesting and very compelling because it's something I've always been fascinated by. And again, I have to use stand-up comedy because it's the only sort of world that I really know. And Mm. I I know full well there are comics and, and entertainers at the top of their game who still will look across the aisle and see that X is doing better and feel miserable. Yeah. And and that I find really interesting because it is that compulsion to always to have a thing rather than to feel fulfillment in doing the thing you love doing. And I guess that's, mm. yeah, you know, that's, that's very interesting for me because that's what made me start this podcast a year ago because I thought I just want to do something I love doing without having an aim in sight. I just love doing this mm. and that's, you know, and this is obviously making me a huge amount of money so I can retire <laughs> now. Which is... And what feeling, what feeling do you embody most when you're doing this? When you, you know, once you hang up or you press publish, what feeling yeah. is it that you go, mm, yeah. What do I really enjoy? I enjoy laughing at life with people. So it's That's... connection. Potentially. Yeah, definitely connection. Thank you, mm. writer, for putting a better word on that. Um, it is definitely that. Definitely that. Mm. I think the the best moments are when when you have that thing and you just you find you find that commonality and you're like yes 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 and, mm. you know, and that is that's what you get with stand up as well of course when you when you wheel out an observation that you think is just you and the whole audience go and laugh with you you're like we all have this thing hooray we're not alone mm. hooray we are falling towards the grove but we're doing it sort of together fuck you <laughs> fuck you Samuel Beckett. <laughs> <laughs> All of television history is contained within the box of delights. It was happening in front of us. Incredible. In our living rooms. It was amazing. Guests pick their favourite television moment and tell us why they love it. And is this the episode where Daisy's just been for the interview at the Woman's Magazine? Flaps. That's it, Flaps. Yeah. Named one of Radio Time's best podcasts of the year. I don't understand people who don't see the joy in drawing the curtains, mug of hot chocolate and something nice on TV. Like, what could be nicer than that? Than having a snuggle. Exactly. Nostalgia in bite-sized chunks. Box of delights from Great Big Owl. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. On the 4th of October 2013, you bought the X-Pro LED head torch, adjustable head strap. Did I? Yes. What? Come on. You've been going through people's bins at night? or <laughs> was, that, and, and, was that to me? Yeah, I love it when people are baffled by what they bought. What? What? Well, did I send that out to Maria as well? Or... No, for, that was for Laura Jane Williams, oh, writer and dating columnist. In, um, a, in 2013, you say? 2013, yeah. You bought a... I, this is very, very suspicious. Isn't it? What yeah. Was? What in October when it's now maybe you go sometimes people go running with these things. Are you a runner? October twenty thirteen. I I became a runner in twenty fourteen. Well, maybe you were taking a run up to the running. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but it's I can't. Abs- sorry, I'm sorry. It's there. The facts are there. They aren't there? They're very confronting facts, and I, and I feel I very unsafe right now, Tom. A good. Like, what I we like. I have absolutely no idea why I bought an LED. Headlamp. Mm. I can only imagine. Well, okay. If you Isn't think you that... know, give us a tweet at ToasterPod. Why did Laura Jane Williams buy a headlamp? <laughs> was she writing at night? Maybe you were. You know, it could be quite good if you know, lying in bed with your partner and they're asleep, and you can get the head headlamp on and you can read without waking them up. There's all sorts of permutations for this thing, but mainly killer. That's all I can see. Yeah, killer and 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 bin rifler. Yeah, bin right, bin rifler extraordinaire. Um, all right. Well, if you if you pops into your head why you got it. I mean, what we could do is write a review on the product saying, hi, it's Laura Jane Williams here. Does anyone know why I why bought I this? Why I got it. It's going to bother me. Yeah. yeah it's well, going to bother right me. I'll, on, be, I'll be seconds away from sleep in about two weeks and suddenly I'll go... <gasps> it was that. It was that. Well, will you, will you let me know and I can update people in future episodes of the podcast? Yeah, I think... Because it will I, bother people as well. They'll need will. to know. Um, it it's got it's got three point four stars out of five. A really yeah. useful and a good fit. That's what um, uh, R. D. Spencer said. I wouldn't throw it about and expect it to survive, but if you are reasonably careful with it, then it should last well. I must have a small head because it fits me no problem and is reasonably comfortable. <laughs> Very good for <laughs> rifling through my neighbour's bins. Oh, there it is. There Excellent. you go. He didn't say that. They did not. Oh. Say that. Um, great headlamp puts the light into the right place. As I've got older. This is from Chris. I have found that when working, I seem to need more light on the work. Can't do much while holding a torch. This unit fits the bill, fits snug, lights a good area, and the batteries last. Perfect for my kill room. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. That last bit at the end was me. That was me. <laughs> so, right, okay, good. This has raised some suspicions about you. In terms of, you know, you're obviously a novelist because you're sowing the seeds of doubt and worry now. This is good. This is perfect. Um, let's go into 20... The narrative arc of the yes, podcast. Oh, you go. It's Chekhov's gun. I'll leave this here <laughs> and we shall but revisit it, but yes. only in the... Dum- yeah, okay. Exactly, in the, exactly. In the conclusion. Um, Chekhov's gun. Um, all right, Nutribullet. Hello, Nutribullet, September 2015. Oh, no, you bought them not for you, though. You've bought two uh, yes. for Richard Williams. You've gone crazy for Richard Williams. you bought all sorts for Richard Williams. I 
I think I was staying at my parents at the time. Oh, yeah. Because my mother had had a knee operation uh-huh. and I had um, jacked it. Is this at the end? When is this? The end of 2014? Uh, 15, September 2015. So I'd spent um, from the from October. Oh, God. What? No, I thought I thought the, the headlamp had come to me then, but it hadn't. Oh, I'm sorry. It, I apologize. It absolutely will. It absolutely will. From and interrupt s- any thought you're having when it comes to you. <laughs> so, um, yes, I had spent from the middle of 2014 till the end of 2015 travelling again. I Off lasted. I lasted a, a year and a half in in London before I went sod this for a game of cricket. I'm off. What were you doing in London for a year and a half? I spent six months working in SEO. What's that mean? SEO? SEO is search engine optimization. So companies that want to come at the top of the search, Ah. when you Google headlamps, you want a certain brand of headlamp. Um, I worked in a tiny little Shoreditch office and then I moved into beauty PR. But even when I did that job, I think I negotiated four days a week instead of five days a week because the office life was not for me. Mm, No, Um, no. It really wasn't. I bet the headlamp really put your colleagues off as well. (laughs) She's nice, but she doesn't, she really glares when she looks at you. That's exactly it. <laughs> um, so, so then I had travelled. I went all over. I taught English in Russia. I went out to Bali. I spent some time in Malaysia. Tell me about that moment when you think, "Oh, suck this off, bye bye." Like, what is that? What is the moment where it occurs to you? Is it an itching sensation? Is it like a you just know you've got to do it? Because I've just I'm not a traveller and I've never been into it. I'm I just mm. I'm too late. I can't be asked. Tell me what that moment is like when you're like, "Right, Russia, let's do this." Do you know what? I've got a really low threshold for dissatisfaction in my own life, mm. which I think actually, thank you for therapizing me in this moment. I think feeds into so I'll just go with the next easy yes. I see. So sitting with discomfort and planning a little bit and going for something that might not be a yes. Yes. Um, it come, you know, I'm learning to go against my instincts a little bit. But you know, I was late twenties at this point. Um, and uh, the bit that I missed out the story about working in beauty PR four days a week is that I was fired. Okay, right, that, that will help. Yeah, that will help <laughs> now, why why were you fired? Was it an awkward moment? I, I, I they could tell I wasn't interested, Tom. They, <laughs> they, they knew, and do you know what? I had a very poor boss. And I've since learned that people don't leave jobs; people leave bosses. Oh, good! And I've, I've had great wisdom, isn't it? I've yes. had very few good bosses in my life. It baffles me mm. um, that employment culture basically means that you do a job for a certain amount of time, and then they put you in charge of other people doing that job. When actually being a leader is independent of your ability to do that job. So the woman running this company, I don't care how long she'd been doing it, she was not a very good leader. And um, again, something that I'm trying, I've just never been very good, even when I am trying, at hiding how I feel about people. Yes, I can't do that either. I can't do that either, which is making this podcast very difficult. But yes. (laughs) I know, I know that feeling, and you're like, 
It's gonna, I'm going to have to tell them. Even when I'm trying to be neutral, by definition of my being neutral, because I am a friendly person, it speaks volumes. So I don't even have to be outwardly hostile. I mm. just have to not be effusive. And that sends alarm bells ringing, I think. Um, mm. So, yeah, no, I didn't want to be there. They tried to transfer me to the Essex office, knowing that that would be an hour and a half commute each way. Um, which was basically like, oh, you can either do that or you can leave. No, ironic full that well. you you went travelling then instead. You you know you didn't want the journey, so you went travelling. Mm. <laughs> but it was on I my guess... own terms. Coming yes. back to that anti-authoritarian father and that black sheep mother and the, the Zen Buddhist brother, um, <laughs> I said I'm just going to set my own terms. So yeah i went out to italy again did some teaching there got a message from a friend who i'd met through teaching who was working at a university in england and she said can you just come and do two weeks for me i need somebody and when i was there i met a russian lady called olga sure and olga didn't so much ask if i wanted to come out and teach at her language school for the rest of the year so much as told me <laughs> that's what we like being told to do something that's and it you're so in it, again an easy yes i just said oh all right then and and it was a phenomenal amount of money right um and um she, she did she did she was very generous with some of the cash and stuff as well oh i so, see hmrc if you're listening yeah <laughs> so i um i i did all right then and i was due to go on a trip um to malaysia anyway and just decided to leave earlier and sort of save my ticket and cancel my ticket home basically mm. um so yeah, did two months in Russia and came back and um and then set off. Went yeah, went to Bali, Malaysia, Thailand. Off she trained, goes again. Amazing to be a yoga teacher. And then by the time I got back, um, had gotten my agent and was working on selling my first book. Now listen, you so so you must have been writing this book during the traveling then. I was. I um, brace yourself. I'm going to use a little bit of terminology. I'm not proud of myself for this. Okay, as long as you explain it afterwards. Yeah, go for it. I was a digital nomad. <clears throat> I know. God. Sorry, one second. I know. Oh God, I came right mm-hmm, out then. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> so a glass of water. Mm, I need to get t- take the taste away. Yeah, oh. I was a digital nomad. Don't say it again. I had no fixed abode, but I did have a laptop, and so wherever I could find Wi-Fi was my home. Oh, wow. Okay, Um, and this is when? This is 2014, 15? Yeah. Or earlier than that? Yeah, 2014, 2015. And by the time I came back, I was lean as a fish. I was tan as the bark on a tree. (laughs) And the Nutribullet, when I was staying with my parents, was just a way to, like just keep up this this health that i had yeah. cultivated um so yes i think i accidentally ordered two yes you did order two which is quite expensive they're 130 quid each yes and so two came and i was like why do i have two so <laughs> kept one back and then my parents had one right right and okay. um from then on Nobody in our in 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 our family has has gone to the toilet without singing a song inspired by the Nutribullet. Go on. 
I'm now going to talk about poop. Excellent. This is that point in the show. Lovely. It's that point Please, in we've got the there. show. I'm yeah. sorry. When you are consuming that much fruit and veg mm-hmm. that you can get in a Nutribullet, it does things. Well, maybe and you should take. Maybe that's why the book got written so efficiently because you were tapping away whilst you were on the crapper. Yeah, gotta go, gotta go. Tap and crap. <laughs> mm. So then it became, uh, you know, the song um, "Bulletproof." I'm bulletproof. <laughs> so because it's a neutral bullet, bullet talk- poo. Yeah, a bullet poo, and so you know, I'll ricochet. I'll take my <laughs> aim. Fire away, and so that became the whole, wow. the whole shebang for that season That's in my life. Beautiful. Was it like being back in Cambodia with you? <laughs> Turned yourself inside out, but you spent £130 for the privilege. To, to, to do it, yeah. I became obsessed with what you could do with a Nutribullet. Your soups. You could yeah. make your soups. You could make... I used to make little energy balls where I'd get... Um, oh, I love an energy ball. I love an energy yeah, ball. Yeah, doughy sort of... Um, oh, yes, please. Yeah. Nice. Nightmare to clean from a Nutribullet, though. You probably shouldn't be doing that with a Nutribullet, but yes. Well, it's really... all right if you've got two, because you just throw one away, don't you? That's basically... Well... You've, got, you've got disposable Nutribullets. Things are going... <laughs> Very well for Laura J. Williams. We like to listen to toast, and we're not the kind who would boast. And even in spite of the host, we still like to listen to toast. La, la, la. Um, let's uh, romp into 2016 now. When did you sell your book? When did that moment happen? When did you have the moment? when i was staying with my parents when my mum had had the knee so in the in the the bulletproof right phase at the end of 2015 how um, amazing was that moment it was just it was weird and i ended up getting depression because of it because dream aftercare is shit so i had realized this dream <laughs> That had kept me going for so long. Here you go, you see. This is the thing. You've got the thing and you were thinking about the thing rather than the process of getting exactly. the thing. Exactly. I lost sight of my core desired feelings. This is it. So um, I just ended up feeling really sort of sad and spent. Yes, um, anticlimactic, of course. It was. And, th- and yeah. then I had to step away from writing... Um, for the whole for 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 the whole summer of 2016 just stepped really? away from writing right no after way. the book came out and said i can't do it like there's nothing there's nothing in me this is a horrible mm. feeling um mm. there's nothing in me because she's had too many nutribullets she's had too many nutribullets and she's become a published author dream aftercare where's the mm. self-help book on dream aftercare it almost certainly exists actually let's not mm. go to and if it doesn't then it must yeah, it must. Let's go mm. into 2017. Um, mm. Did you st- when did you start to turn around from the the sort of post dream depression thing? Um, over the summer of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, so I stopped writing. I became a children's nanny to pay the rent um, for 30 hours a week, um, oh. and that was what I did. And in the meantime, dated wildly. Wow. Um, Where uh, down in London do. or this up in, in Derbyshire? London. This London. is in London. And right. was swimming in Stoke Newington Leisure Centre's pool and thought, I'm dating like it's my job. I'm going <laughs> to see if I can make it my job. So wrote a pitch and sent it to Grazia because one of the editors there had emailed me to said she'd read my book and loved it. So I had an in. Yeah. And sent this pitch and then got a meeting with the editor of Grazia at the 
Covent Garden Hotel sat at a table next next to Patrick Dempsey, who was in town to promote Bridget Jones's baby. What? Very small man. Okay, oh, right, maybe a baby. Man. Maybe that's why it was Bridget Jones's baby because he's actually a, a baby. Actually maybe not. Baby, yeah. yeah. Right, <laughs> right. Good. So. And got commissioned for a four-month dating column in Grazia. That's just that is the best thing to come from Stoke Newington swimming pool, apart from possibly shingles. That is <laughs> absolutely amazing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And um, Natasha Natasha Perlman was the editor at the time, and she mm-hmm. said it was the best pitch she'd ever seen. Why? What was your pitch? What did you say? I'm just you know going to date was, for Britain. It was very good. What did uh, you do? How does one pitch for a dating <laughs> column? My God, the things we're learning on this the podcast. The things we're learning. Do you know what? Actually, um, and, and this was a very humbling time. Um, my first book was a memoir about getting dumped by my high school sweetheart. And he went on to marry my friend. And it made me very sad. And I became very promiscuous. Before declaring um, a year-long vow of celibacy, and I spent the summer in an Italian convent, and this is all what's covered in the book. Hang on, you went to an Italian convent for a, for a for a summer? Yes. Yeah, so when I was busy <laughs> sending my brother a book about um, Zen Buddhism in in music, um, yeah. I had sent it from the convent. That's why I wasn't with him. So- how were your parents when, you know, their son was in Chicago being an editor and their daughter was a nun? They must have felt like, yeah, we've smashed this. Do I just give my parents endless credit for um, not trying to save us from ourselves. No, absolutely not. They're genuine. I mean it. They must have smashed it because you want your kids to do weird shit let's be honest yeah and do you know what and now i think that's why we are pals because um i am my fullest self with them and i've got many a friend who is a version of themselves with their family but it's not their truest self and my parents have made it so i can be more myself with them than than anybody else in the world and they're not my best friends i think it's weird to position parent-children dynamics is like being best buds they're yeah. my parents mm. um but i just think they're the tits yeah 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 um, well sounds like they are it sounds like they are so, so god there's so much to unpack <laughs> right so tell us about the pitch so in this pitch um because this book had come out that talked about being heartbroken being a bit promiscuous being celibate the bulk of the book was about being celibate That is not the bit that The Sun, The Mirror, The Daily Mail um, picked up on that then went viral around the world. The bit that went viral around the world was basically that I'd been a bit of a slag. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I don't have a Google alert on my name anymore, but at the time I did... And I was getting alerts every day in Hindi, in Italian, in Flemish. It was bonkers. I had several um, radio interviews with the BBC and all of the male DJs basically said, gosh, are you not embarrassed that, um, you know, you'll never get a boyfriend again because you're a bit used up now? Oh my God. Mortifying. And it's just the tiniest little bit of the book where I had, you know, a mad however many months. 
And so I basically put in this pitch, I was like, look, when I talk about sex, it literally goes worldwide. So I should write about sex and dating in Grazia. And they were like, yep. Cheers okay. then. Thanks for yeah. coming. So I leveraged something that was really humiliating and really embarrassing um, to the point where I would be going out on these dates and just not telling these men what my surname was because I didn't want them to Google me and see that the top result was the Daily Mail, you know, yeah. calling me names that you shouldn't be calling anybody. You know, Russell Brand had exactly the same behaviour as me and he won Shagger of the Year. So... Mm. You know, there was still a... This was pre-Me Too. It's almost like women are treated differently to men sometimes. Do you know what I mean? It's weird. Bizarre. I'm starting to think that's the case. Um, All right. Okay. Uh, Let's move on. Look, come on. We're running out of time. We're running out of time. You've done too much stuff. Conversation GPSing. We're on the scenic route. No, but But I love it. We've seen the beach and now we're on our way home. Well, look, come on. We've got to get back. We've got to to wrap this up soon. So what I'm going to do, Laura, I'm going to come charging into present day. That's all right with you okay so we're gonna come we're gonna come to we're we're gonna we're gonna go into lockdown right we're gonna see how you have been coping with lockdown lots Mm. of reading i mean that's something which we can see throughout um your amazon purchase history where the crawdads sing i'm reading that at the moment oh yeah it's on my tbr pile it's all all right yeah it's all right well I've, i've read better but it's yeah that's probably that's slightly you know, reducing the whole thing. But yeah, um, it'd be interesting to hear what you think. Um, what else have we got here? May. Oh, we've got a tape measure. Yes, please. Two ninety nine. <laughs> Come on. Got to be a story there. Mm-hmm. What are you measuring? Come on, skip to the end. My boobs. <laughs> <laughs> it got to the point where I've got one bra and I would wear this bra and be like, this is, this hurts. This is too small and i spent um some money on some new dresses and i thought there's no good you know it's no good investing in some new dresses and then screwing up the silhouette by wearing crap underwear that doesn't fit so in lieu of being able to get a um an appointment in the marks and spencer's changing room i Mm. had to do it myself and then input the stuff on an app in my phone and Wow. Um, the yeah. things, the, the the ways that people have suffered because of lockdown. You, you've had to you've had to measure your own tits. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I did. I did. And now and and I was right. I was wearing a bra that was too small. Oh. Um, and it's phenomenal. You know, you're taught when you're young, oh, you know, um, Jordan has got 32 DD boobs or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, like that's the biggest of the biggest. Women have been lied to about what big boobs look like. Hmm. Because you wouldn't pass me in the street and think, crikey, I bet she's got backache. But <laughs> these bras that came through, um, through the post after I had measured... Honestly, they could fit on my head. And that's what it is to wear a bra that fits. And I'm obs- I'll am i be on a Zoom call and I'll be going, hey, have you measured your tits lately? Because <laughs> I've just done mine. And I tell you what, I'm about 20 sizes bigger than I thought I was. But hang on, do they change size? How much do tits change size? And also, isn't what do you often get ones bigger than, than t'other? Uh, yes, that can mm. be a thing. That can be, you are correct. Mm. Um. But yes, as you, you know, I'm no stranger to the quarantine 15. 
I'm not ashamed to say it. So as your back gets wider, and I think um, cup size is determined on the difference between the, the fullness of the boob and then the bit under the um, boob. Mm. Um, and so as your size changes, your size fluctuates, um, it, it can be, you know, the actual, um, the bit that goes around the whole of the body that changes. And when that changes, it can affect what cup size you need. I've had a boob education. Yeah. This lockdown. Um, it's I, I really have. And thanks for sharing some of those inform- that information with us. So you're, what you're saying is to anyone listening, well, I mean, ladies, really, me- measure, measure your, measure your baps. Measure your baps. Don't be mm. uncomfortable. Don't be uncomfortable, especially Don't. if you're going doing things like going running. I mean, you said earlier on that you start to go running, and there's nothing mm. worse than than sports bras. I've seen some of the 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 tit corsets that Mrs. Price has to put on, and it's completely mm-hmm. unfair. They've mm-hmm. got to be measured up properly. They've got to be measured up properly. And coming into yes, we're in lockdown and wearing masks and whatever. Uh, mm. One of my favourite tweets has been basically, if I can lock up my bajangas for ten hours a day in a bra, <laughs> you can wear a mask to go into Tesco, my friend. So, in the last few months during lockdown, very you went very domestic and May when you want you bought the um, Viva Express Park and Go ironing board. Really trying mm. to make ironing sound like an exciting shampoo. Park and Go. Do you know what I mean? It's a fucking ironing board. Stop and stuck is what it should be called. I love ironing. Do you? It's my one thing, and I tell you for why. So I bought the iron and the ironing board because I'd invested in these new dresses. That I look see. great with the my new undergarments. If you wear the, if you wear the proper underwear, Susie and Trajax, Trini and Susanna yes. taught us this time immemorial ago. You know, if mm. you wear the proper underwear, your dresses look good, but they also need to be ironed. And I'd just been using a handheld steamer for a long time, and it yeah. just was not cutting the mustard. So now I stand in the spare bedroom, and the, the, there's something about the process of like, I mean. It can take one to two business working weeks to go mm. from the laundry basket to the washing machine to upstairs to get an sure. iron. It's a long process. It's not on Amazon Prime, is it, this stuff? It's, this isn't next day delivery. I am not efficient. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a, yeah, it's it's coming via airmail from Paris, sort of a um, <laughs> laundrette. Um, but yeah, just to, to stand and, and, and do it and... I get a lot of joy from it, and then hanging up all my clothes and knowing mm. I've got this full wardrobe from it's which your new to Zen Buddhism, isn't it? That's what it is. It's my new Zen Buddhism. I don't know where I'm going in these new dresses, by the way. Like, no, well, that's the problem, isn't it? You're looking wonderful. And here's the, actually here's the final thing we're going to come to, Laura. Uh, we've done tits, and the final thing we should therefore do if mm. we've done tits is seventh of May, twenty twenty. Teeth premium teeth whitening kits with activated charcoal, blue five point. LED light, three gel syringes, including two mouth trays. Now you're thinking, wow, these things work. They look amazing. I've seen the adverts. And then you see it's 19.99, and you think, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> it gave me something to do, though. It filled it out. <laughs> <laughs> so was it completely crap? Um, do you know what? If you gave me 10 grand in my hand now, I would go and get my teeth done. Mm. I'd go proper... Love Island veneers. Really? Yeah, but it, from a nice Harley Street doctor, so I don't look 
totally ridiculous. Right. I would get my teeth done. Um, I think there's a lot to be said. If you can have shiny hair, clear skin and white teeth, you, you, you're halfway to looking decent. Mm. Um, and my editor has got phenomenally white teeth and she got her stuff in America. But I read the reviews and it is a bit 50-50. It yeah. can go one way or the other. And I yeah. thought, I know which way it would go for me. I don't trust it. Let's go for something a little less intense. Yeah. Actually, talking of intensity, I've just spotted the final thing. I mean, I'd, and this is on the way. This is yet to be delivered. Oh, God. Is it coming today? This is This is still coming. Advanced, this was ordered on the 26th of April, the beginning of lockdown. And when I say it's still coming, it's probably an appropriate turn of phrase. Advanced design toys for male, female stimulators for her. Delay tools for man. Silicone. It says vibrati. Are they, what's the vibrati? (laughs) It um, stimulates the anus, stimulates the G point, stimulates the clitoris. It looks like... <laughs> it to try and describe it to you. It looks <laughs> it looks blushing. like a joy it looks like a joystick which has got a it's sort of a joystick crossed with the main character from a bug's life, if that makes any sense. There's I mean there's all sorts going on here. I it's not been delivered, so I couldn't possibly pass comment and um yeah. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I thought I had archived anything that was too incriminating. <laughs> and Can't so... archive this. Uh, currently unavailable. <laughs> it says here. It says here. We use secret packaging to protect your privacy. Excellent. Hasn't really worked, has it? For mm. for my mate bought a toaster. Um, it's got a button. Comes comes with a button you can pinch, and then oh, there's more photos. USB quick charge, so that's good. Look, sex is natural. We all do it. Listen, we all do. Come on, we've done. And also, you are not the first to have this on the episode. Um, you're the first. I've never seen this one, so it's kind of like a. Okay. Oh, I see. So, so it's a thing you can good. you can pop it on you, the he can pop it on himself, mm. and then it adds. Right. Okay. So he's basically making himself Robocock when he adds this. <laughs> that's basically what happens. There, so. Um, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad that this episode's had a happy finish. <laughs> That's the important thing. I have loved talking to you, Laura Jane Williams. You've been absolutely magnificent. Thank you so much for sharing um, all, quite literally everything um, on the podcast. Uh, now, your book, let's talk about that, shall we? The new mm. book from Laura Jane Williams. It's out at the beginning of August, yeah, which is August not far 6th. off now. August the 6th. Um, it's called The Love Square. Do you want to tell us about The Love Square? The Love Square is about historically unlucky in love, Penny Bridge has a new change of circumstance that means suddenly she is presented with a new love interest Mm. and then another and then another. I see. So when she has to choose from three men, could any of them end up being the one? Nice. I love you've got that pitch down pat haven't you that was perfect i mean i've only got a second to sell this you know you know what i just write now that i've moved into fiction i had a book last year called our stop this year it's the love square i've got another one coming out next year mm-hmm. i write happy escapist fiction that should be enjoyed by a swimming pool on holiday perfect but in lieu of us a lot of us doing that this year uh make an aperol spritz yeah. Put some C sounds on on YouTube and yeah, uh, yeah just escape with a, a slightly sexy, silly <laughs> rom com of a 
of yeah. a story. Why not? I like that you went slightly sexy and then did a little bit of indigesting. Did you? What, yeah, we got that. We got all of that. It's sexy. Added to it. It's <laughs> it, yeah, lovely. <laughs> Just a little bit of acid reflux, pardon <laughs> moi. Probably because of the last item that I discovered on your Amazon. Um, right, The Love Square, Laura Jane Williams is at the beginning of August. Fantastic book. Um, check it out. And of course, there's other books available as well. You've done How many novels have you done? This is my... I've done three non-fiction. This is yeah. my second fiction, which is where I will be spending my time forevermore. Indeed. I think anyone who's listened to this will be desperate to climb into your head. It's absolutely brilliant. Laura Jane Williams. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on My Mate Bought a Toaster. Have a lovely day now. Thank you. Bye. The brilliant Laura Jane Williams on My Mate Bought a Toaster. Oh, how wicked was she. I absolutely loved her. Um, thank you very much for listening. And I'll let you go and get on with your lives now. I'll be back next week with more My Mate Bought a Toaster. In the meantime, if you want to, you know, you know how this bit works. Um, rate and review would be lovely. I love all the reviews. They're really nice and they really help um, and if you want to give us a uh, tweet at ToasterPod and we're at ToasterPod on Instagram as well give me a follow you know all the business or just get on with your lives and have a good day thanks bye Heavy Pencil an actor of my experience, you just get run dry. A podcast sitcom with Anna Crilly and Tony Gardner. I played, I played yeah. Edmund Gelder and he played Fanny Snatch. The Observer called it a lovely thing. Wonderfully funny, pitched perfectly, produced with a light touch. I'm not having any more of this. I need you to pull me off immediately. Heavy Pencil from Great Big Owl. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.